Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. I'm so excited to have Jackie with us. So she is Padilla's um, social photo editor and actually just our photo editor at large. And prior to that, um, we worked together at E. So Jackie, you are so amazing. You do such incredible work. We're so excited to have you as a part of the team. Um, Tell me, can you, just for people who may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about your resume and kind of what you've done and what you've worked on in the past and maybe a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah, um, I'd love to. So I started out over in the UK um, studying photography and that was kind of um, old school photography where you know you have the Hasselblad cameras that you look in and everything's upside down. So so the classic old school stuff. Um, And then I moved over to LA probably about 10 years ago which is uh, where I started working at E with you. (laughs) Um, And so Amy and I worked on the style department at E, uh, fashion and beauty. And my role there was to basically curate all of the visual assets. Um, A lot of that was working with Amy, uh, visual assets for digital video, and then also working on the social media sites, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and now what I do is work with companies just like Payview Media, um, helping them to develop the visual side of their branding, um, kind of communicating visual communications. So Perfect. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, just slide like slightly <laughs> and you'll be good to go. All right. So let's just dive. because we have much much going on today. Mm-hmm. So why do you feel it's so important to visually brand yourself, especially on platforms like Instagram? Um, so it's, it's really, really important, I think, now more than ever to visually brand yourself. It's partly to do with the way that um, our culture just is at the moment. People get their cues from visuals very, very fast. Um, if you look at big companies like Netflix, Home Depot, they're all investing investing massively in their visual communications departments. So I think you know using them as a guide, any smaller business needs to take that um, and, and follow the lead. Um, the, the power about it, I think, is that you can communicate so much more than sort of like the top line of your bio. Um, you know, something like your company, Amy, is obviously a bespoke uh, digital media company, but you're also so much more than that. You know, you're um, uh, a leader of women, you empower other women, you're a teacher, and I think that your uh, social feeds and the other parts of your digital media are a chance to really kind of tell your story and hone your identity. And I do think that that's something that larger companies do quite well because they have an entire team of people that's just (laughs) focusing on that all day. That's it. That's all they do. And as a smaller business, it can be tough to harness some of that. Um, what do you, like, what do you think are kind of the key elements to explore when you're trying to get a handle on doing that for yourself? Um, so I think the place to start is to think about what story um, you want to tell, what's your narrative, what's your identity, and using that as kind of your base point, um, you need to create a, a kind of a visual signature for yourself, so um, so an identity that speaks to who you are, but something that can be cohesive across all of the different platforms. So you don't want to necessarily tell the exact same story on, say, Twitter that you do on Instagram, but you also need them to be um, cohesive and using the visuals as the 
the main points for that is a great way to kind of like have consistency across all of your platforms. I love that. Visual signature is the key word of the day. That's really good. <laughs> I'm into it. All right. So what are three critical elements to consider when developing that visual branding for your business or that visual signature? Um, and I think sort of, let's see. From the purely visual point, I think you need to have something like a tonal range or a subject matter which is always consistent. So for you, we've gone for this kind of beautiful kind of heather, lavender, desaturated purple, which kind of is sophisticated, but at the same time still feminine without being overpoweringly so. Um, and so I think, you know, have a look at your brand, have a look at your feeds and see what, you know, what you do consistent, consistently, what you really like about the, the images and the visual style that you already have and pull that together um, into kind of like the tone ranges, the perspectives that you're using. Um, yeah, I've lost track of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say something I love about the color, seeing as it's something that, you know, we really worked on early on, is that when you're scrolling through Instagram, it looks different than everything else that's going on. You know, it looks, it doesn't look like everything else in your feed and it visually kind of makes you stop to look at it. Right, you stand out against your competitors and about people that maybe have not put quite so much thought into what they're doing. So I think that comes across really quickly when you do start to pay attention to, especially with Instagram, and, and put an effort into it, it shows very, very quickly. Yeah, which is nice. Um, uh, I think the other thing to really take into um, account when you're developing the visuals for your brand is how potentially they're going to grow over kind of like as your business grows. So mm -hmm. you want to give yourself a, a starting point, but you also want to give yourself room to kind of to grow and develop. And you might not necessarily have the equipment to hire a photographer to do shoots, but you would like to leave yourself room to kind of like let that sort of thing develop. Totally. Um, and I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about copywriting. Yeah. So, um, there are a couple of cases going on at the moment um, in Europe, and there's something happened recently here in the U.S. with uh, a paparazzi agency suing a celebrity because she used the photo of herself um, and but didn't give them credit or pay them for it. For it, so I think everyone just needs to become a little bit more aware and and do your homework on your research on image copyright. You shouldn't be just grabbing a photo from someone on the internet and putting it on your feed. And if you do, you need to be aware that there's a risk associated with that, and the owner of that image is going to be within their legal rights to to come after you. So. So make sure that um, if you're posting images which aren't completely and solely owned by you, that you're getting in touch with whoever owns those images and just kind of like finding out exactly what the copyright is and making sure you're clear to use them. Perfect, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that there are agencies that handle photos and that they handle the licensing around photos and that they have departments within their agency that are looking to see if those photos are being used without having paid the, the licensing fee. Exactly. I think that um, image copyright, especially in the digital world, has been pretty lax over the last sort of 10 years, but um, regulation is getting tighter and tighter, and that's yeah. only going to be more so as we go forward. 
Totally. And sometimes it's as simple as DMing someone. You know, if you see a picture in their feed and you like it, and you can shoot them a DM and ask for permission to use it, and sometimes they'll let you do that. Yeah, a lot of the time everyone is happy to share for credit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and if the answer is no, then you've saved yourself a potential problem down the road. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, so speaking of photo editing and all of those things, what programs do you like to use for photo editing? And are there any user-friendly or particularly fantastic apps that you recommend? Um, you know, I generally work with the Adobe Suite, which I think you do too, yeah. um, which and the reason I love them is because they're very visually focused. So, you know, all of their products are, are completely based on being a, a visual, they're very visually intuitive. Um, I use the desktop programs, but they also have sort of like Adobe for your, um, Adobe Photoshop for your phone, yeah. which is, uh, which is a great thing to use if you're doing Instagram stories or just Instagram. You can do all of your editing. They have a bunch of different filters. Um, they also have kind of graphic elements mm-hmm. you can add. It's free. It's really easy. Just kind of play around with that. Um, and then uh, Canva is really great. Um, a lot of influencers use Canva because it kind of like, again, it has a lot of different graphic elements you can bring into your photos, um, all of the kind of like the color schemes and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are, there are a bunch of different programs. Cool. Yeah, I do love Adobe. I know for, um, even for this series, I have um, Adobe for like a premiere basically, which is Adobe editing suite for my phone. And so I edit these videos on that and then repost them into highlights so I can put graphics in and I can change them up a little bit and smooth them out. So they're not quite as rough as the live that you're seeing now. (laughs) They're very user-friendly. Yes, they are. They're really visually user-friendly. And if you're used to using an iPhone or a Mac, they're a great, it's an easy way to jump in. So awesome. So, okay, what are three tips that you can give our viewers to do when they're editing their photos? Oh, okay, that's a fun question. Um, So I guess it kind of uh, depends on your personal style, obviously, and and everyone has a different style. But for me, uh, I like to start with straight horizons. I can't. (laughs) Make sure your horizons are nice and straight people. It's really, really important. Um, The second thing to do is... uh, out of vignette, it just really focuses the eye into the center of the image. Um, there are a couple of different ways to do it, but um, most of your, um, like, Instagram has automatic ones, mm-hmm. so, and most photo editing apps will, will have one you can throw in. Um, and then the third tip I would say is um, when you're editing, think about the, especially on Instagram, think about the story again. I know I've been saying the word story a lot, but it's kind of like you can use your feed to create a really lovely story and it can have um, like an identity. So instead of just having like all these random cute photos, you're developing this kind of story that people get um, engaged with. And, and that's how to really kind of like build great photos on Instagram. But I think that story narrative is something that we keep, that I keep coming back to in different parts of mastering digital, be it video, be it stories, you know, be it Instagram. It's you are here to tell your story in a visual way. And so you need to outline that story, that narrative, and what that vibe is going to be. Because once you get your vibe in place and you make that very clear, you can parlay that into video. You can parlay that into your stories. You can parlay that into your pictures and you're able to share that narrative with your community and you're able to visually brand yourself so that when someone sees your content, they immediately know it's you. Right. And that's how you kind of win business is to Mm -hmm. to have an identity. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is how you win business. And if you're an influencer and you're looking to work with a brand, they want to know what your visual identity is. They, you know, they want to see something beyond just a cute picture of you with a cup of coffee. And then the next picture is like you and your dog. And the third picture is like you're at the beach, but none of these are visually connected. And it's not telling a narrative. It's not giving them something that they can latch onto to marry with their own brand and their own visual story. So I think it's something that you're really looking to master. And it's one of the things that makes you marketable in Instagram. And I think we've all got a story. It's, it's kind of with all of us. So it's just like deciding what yours is and, and, and the one that you want to represent and, and yeah, going with it. Yeah, totally. Um, so a lot of time we're shooting and editing photos on our iPhones. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily <laughs> in a studio with proper lighting and all of those things. Um, and we may not even, like, I think a lot of people don't even own or or maybe not own, but just don't carry around a larger, more robust camera and a lens package and all that kind of stuff because, mm-hmm. you it's know, heavy. it's heavy, <laughs> it's cumbersome. And if you drop it, it's expensive. So you don't want to do that. Um, so what are like two or three things that we can all do to make the quality of our iPhone pictures better? Okay. So um, when it comes to light, the technology that's being developed is getting better and better. Although the actual um, flash on most people's phones is still pretty suspect, actually. Apple, if you're listening, could you please work on that? Um, but you can get uh, a lot of kind of Bluetooth flashes now, um, which you just clip onto the edge of your phone. And if you're somewhere where you know it's going to be dark, I would definitely recommend having a, a look at those. Um, all of the influencers I know use the the Lumi case. Mm-hmm. So if you're taking selfies, then definitely that's a key tip. Um, and then the last thing is like if you if you are kind of like just your phone and you don't have any add-ons, then um, a couple of things you can do. Um, uh, when you're kind of like selecting the part of your phone to choose the lighting, um, let's say kind of like we're here and we select the bit in the middle. Um, if you hold on to that, it will lock the light setting for where it is instead of suddenly kind of like shifting as you move around. So, um, so that's really a great tip to just kind of like set the white balance in one place um, for your photos. That's good. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say is facing the light. So I think a lot of people, when you're near a window or you're outside, you're trying to turn to get so you're not in the light because you want to see the screen better. You're making yourself look like a crazy shadow person, like a crazy skeleton. So face the light. The light is your friend. The light is the thing that is going to erase your fine lines and wrinkles. It's going to brighten your face. It's going to make you look like you slept for a long time. Face the light. Like, do yourself a favor. I see that all the time. And then you do get the weird, like, because you didn't set the white balance on your phone because you weren't thinking about it, you are getting that weird shifting thing, and then it's like a shadow nightmare. Yeah, and I think what happens for a lot of people is, you know, let's say you're you're stood in front of a beautiful background, um, like looking out of a window, and you really want to show the other side of the window, but the problem is, is when you have your phone facing the window, your face is hardly able to see. Mm -hmm. And if you auto-correct that so you can see your face, then you're just stood in front of a big blinding white light so yeah yes. that's tough <laughs> face it, the light yeah face <laughs> the light do do or step outside if you want to get the background because i think the other thing with windows particularly modern windows is they're treated and they have that filter on them so a lot of them have kind of like a uv protective filter so the uv rays aren't coming into your house and you aren't you know getting sunburned if you're reading by a window which is great but for photography and for video it's not as ideal because it can mess with the light and it can mess with the camera. Yeah, definitely. So either step outside or just face <laughs> the window. Um, all right. And so 
speaking of light, light and environment are super critical to the vibe and feel of any photo, right? But very often, and particularly when you're shooting yourself <laughs> and you don't have the luxury of someone helping you out or you know being on set somewhere, um, what are your kind of favorite tips or tricks to make a not ideal setting or situation work and look cool and look polished? Um, okay, so first of all, um, when I'm shooting I on my phone, there's a couple of apps that you can get that will just give you a lot more control over your environment. Um, like Hydra is really good, I think it springs to mind, and they allow you to control uh, a lot more of the elements of your photo, like the ISO and the um, exposure and things. Um, and then the second thing I think is don't be afraid to stage your environment, right? Um, it's something that we've always done when we're on shoots. Um, you know, uh, you'll go to somebody's office to shoot, um, you know, a, a fashion designer and they have a beautiful office, but you still need to stage elements of the background so that everything kind of like looks exactly perfect. Like, don't think what you see on the pages of Vogue really looked like that. It's <laughs> so true. So, it was a set designer. Yeah. So be, be all the people on the crew that you need to be. Yeah. Too. I would say the biggest ones that I see regularly are not cleaning up behind you. So like you're in someone's office and their desk is covered in papers and there's like an old cup of coffee on the bookshelf and just like life, you know, things happen. But for shooting, it's really important to clear it and to clear the set and to make sure everything in frame looks like you said exactly how you want it to look. And maybe it involves like, you know, taking a couple flowers from a table in another room and bringing them in and dropping them in the background. So there's a little bit of contrast and a pop of color. Um, I would say something else that's helpful if you have the ability is to not shoot too close to the wall, to step away, give yourself a little bit of space between yourself and the wall. You kind of want to think about it in three planes. So it's like there's the wall, there's this empty hole, and then there's the subject. That empty hole is what makes the set feel bigger than it really is. So even if you're shooting in a corner or you're shooting in a really small office or like a bathroom or something, giving yourself a gap of space gives the illusion on camera that there's more space in that room than there really is. So it feels like you're in a bigger place than you actually are. Um, and sometimes that space is only a couple of feet and it will work and you'll see a difference. Like if you have the person on camera step back and step forward, you'll see leaving that gap really helps and makes it feel bigger than it really is. I'm going to try that for good yeah. digital video tip. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, cause I think we've shot in every closet and corner and conference room in Southern <laughs> California. So people think that we have big budgets on at big corporations, but surprise, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, perfect. So in, in terms of like really giving yourself a leg up and getting a beautiful, usable piece of content and you're on the fly, like you're walking around outside one day or, you know, and you're just trying to gather content because the thing with social is you're constantly having to get content. And the pressure to be, yeah. <laughs> it's forever. So are there any things that, that you like to do, tricks that you like to use to help yourself out to like, you know, like, oh, I always try to shoot in the morning because the light's better or I try to look for places as I'm walking around and stop and take a photo or just... Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I'm doing is I'm always location scouting. So so wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, I'm always kind of building a mental list of places that would be great to shoot for. For like, not everything obviously is going to be great for every purpose, but but I have like a little mental list of great places to shoot in LA. Um, so that's, that's a really good starting point. I think um, secondly, time of day is really crucial. So... 
um, you know, if you're shooting on Hollywood Boulevard, then you probably don't want to be there kind of like about four o'clock in the afternoon or pretty much any time of day apart from 6 a.m. Um, so, so definitely bear that in mind. Um, and not just because of the light, but because of how crowded things are going to be. Um, another thing to, I would say is to just go ahead and start taking photos to start making content because the more you do, the more you practice the the more you're going to develop your style, work out what your signature is, um, mm -hmm. and, and just get better. So totally. So yeah, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you just have to start somewhere. Um, and it's true. The more you do it, the better you get because you'll run into more hurdles and you'll have to cross those and you'll figure it out. And the next time you come across that same hurdle, it's not so bad. Um, I'd say the other thing about finding a location and shooting on a location in a big city, it's a bigger deal than if you live in a smaller place, like a smaller community, but especially in LA and New York, notice the filming is a real thing. <laughs> so they don't want you shooting without a permit from the city, which is very expensive. So, um, a lot of times you run and gun, which is slaying for just quickly taking a picture and then getting the F out of there. <laughs> uh, so I would say like, it's easier to do that early in the morning because they aren't out looking for you at 6 a.m. And the light is really good because the sun's just coming up. So everything is kind of clean and you have that bright, that early morning kind of glow to everything. It's sort of like magic hour, but reversed morning, into the morning. Yeah. So instead of it being that golden glow, you get kind of a brighter, cheerier glow. And it's easier so for you get to get away bed, with more. <laughs> yeah, get out of bed early, get it, get it done and go have a cup of coffee. Um, and the, uh, the last thing I would say is that there are so many amazing free tutorials um, as far as uh, how to take still photography on the internet at the moment. Like, just spend some time, sit down on a Saturday afternoon and, uh, yeah, and, and listen to some. Yeah, totally. And again, I mean, I feel like just getting out there and doing it is one of the best ways because... <laughs> the, the mastery of it for sure um well jackie where can all of our viewers find you oh well i'm on instagram of course um jackie m lee and i think all of my other um contacts are on there so it's jackie j-a-c-q-u-i emily perfect all right well thank you guys for joining us and thank, thank you jackie you. this is so fun. <laughs> fun and we'll see you guys next wednesday